your positive mindset itself creates such a positive vibration around you and helps other people. Absolutely. You can only give what you have. Nobody expects you to give what you don't have. But whatever you have, you can definitely share with others. Absolutely, yeah. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PureLeaf. That's promo code 20PureLeaf for 20% off. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful. So let's go ahead and dive in. What about certain people that maybe don't feel like they're receiving anything in life? They're not receiving any gifts or support. They're struggling um, and they don't feel like they have anything to give. They really feel like I'm in lack. I don't have anything to give as well. How can they turn that situation into joy and happiness? My dear, you can at least give a smile. Right. I agree. You can say a few nice words to people of comfort. Can't you smile? Now, what is big in just smiling when everything is okay, when things are falling apart, if you can stand up and smile, you know, I can manage, I know things will pass. That smile, that positive vibration from you amidst all the uh, troubled water, itself is a hope. Mm -hmm. Your positive mindset itself creates such a positive vibration around you and helps other people. Absolutely. So you don't have to be um, giving something if you don't have. You can only give what you have. Nobody expects you to give what you don't have. But whatever you have, you can definitely share with others. Absolutely, yeah. This is what we see in some of the poor communities. They may have very little, but they share with others. Right. And they feel a lot of love and joy and community and community connection and, and fulfillment. Correct, correct. How does someone develop an abundant mindset? 
something where they have, they believe that abundance of love and joy and opportunities can come to them versus staying stuck in a limit of what they're capable of creating or achieving. One should, uh, first of all, become aware of the reality in the world. Get out of our little well that we are into and see the ocean of humanity where it is and compare with that and you'll see you'll be grateful. You are at least much better off than so many people who are who don't even have the basic things that you have. Right. That itself will give you a, a breathing space. See? Feel better about yourself. Number one. Second, um, again here I would say meditation will help one to get out of grief and sense of lack. You know? It's just a state of mind. You can continue to feel lack even if you are a billionaire. It's true. It can, it can continue with you forever in your life. So here meditation can uh, bring that inner sense of abundance. And when you have that inner sense of abundance, I tell you, abundance will start flowing to you from outside as well. What should that feeling be inside of us? in order to feel abundant? What does that feeling look See, like, experience? Isn't there, there, there's no, it should be this way. Mm -hmm. Your feelings are feeling, just be with it. Those feelings come because you have certain uh, misconceptions in your mind, wrong notions in your mind, or, and, uh, or stress, too much stress, then everything appears to be very bleak. Yes. And you don't enjoy even simple things. You know? So, well, I feel stress is the biggest enemy of mankind. Really? Because stress destroys the relationship. It destroys your own peace of mind. It... Uh, your health. Your yeah. health. Yeah. And your communication goes for it toss. You react more. React. Yeah. But it seems so hard for people to let go of stress, <laughs> to just let go of it. It seems... No, because nobody taught them how to get out of the stress. Interesting. Neither at school nor at home, no one teaches us how we can be free from stress. We're, we're, we're seeing how to be stressful, but not how to get out of stress. Get out of stress. We see other people stressed, and we're, we're mimicking that, but not how to be peaceful. Yeah. Good. this education is missing. That is where I feel it's very important. Now, intellectually, you know, oh, I shouldn't be ups upset, I shouldn't be annoyed, I shouldn't lose my temper. All this intellectually, you know, as a concept, you know, you understand all that. But in practical life, it doesn't seem to become a reality. It doesn't translate into reality. Your thoughts are different, your actions are different. This is where the breathing techniques and... Uh, Sudarshan Kriya Sky Technique all come in so handy. Yes. Because it helps when it gives tools and technique for people to, you know, just let go yes. of those and feel the freshness from within. Mm. How often do you feel stressed or angry today with all the wisdom that you have? Do, Me. You, do you ever feel stressed or do, angry? Do I look stressed? Not right now. <laughs> do you ever have a moment inside where like, mm, I don't like that person did this thing or said this or does it ever like just a little bit and then you go back to your... Uh, it it will be so hard to believe, but it is the truth that I don't get this at all. That's got to feel amazing. It's got to feel peaceful <laughs> yeah. then. How much does the ability of someone needing to learn to heal support them in overcoming stress? If they still have emotional or physical wounds from the past or yeah. memories yeah. from the past that, that need hurt to them. be healed. And again here, this will help you to heal. Our breathing technique, meditation helps you to just come out of it. And that's what we have been doing in this country for all the war veterans. You know, they had tried all psychological things and then they have seen um, doctors and PTSD syndromes. 8,000 of war veterans in America alone 
have undergone these programs, uh, programs, healing breath workshops. Wow. And you must hear their experiences. And it's so heartwarming. You know, the mothers uh, and the wives of those people, they've said, we got our son back, you know. These same war veterans who just hide in their basement or not have any family life. And that... Um, Trauma of war wounds. Oh my gosh! The psychological wounds they had undergone, moral wounds, were very difficult to heal. But just in few days' time, three, four days' time, they're completely out of it. Wow! So uh, a gentleman even made a movie out of it. Uh, Almost Sunrise is a movie they okay. made on on our technique. How this was, this has helped many war veterans. It's a very interesting movie. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like it's hard to be peaceful if we haven't learned to heal. Right. It's hard to absolutely. not react and be stressed if there's a, still a wound inside of us. Absolutely, absolutely right. That is where uh, wisdom combined with techniques would help them to get out. Right. Wisdom, techniques, and integrating these, these techniques consistently. Yeah. And I'm not saying, oh, you have to practice for a long time, then you will find the effect. No. Within few days, within few sittings, three, four sittings, you can find a change. Yes. The healing is so fast. Yes. So at some point, sometime we even call this healing breath workshop mm-hmm. when we started. But then, um, you know, healing breath means its its scope is very limited only for those who need that. But many don't even realize they need these exercises, these, uh, you know, to, to be more happier. Right. So we change it into happiness program. That's good. I like it. Yeah, I like that. You talked about the education system and what we aren't teaching our kids at home and in schools. If you could require in a hypothetical world, if you could ask that teachers or schools teach only three things to support the youth, what would those three lessons be? Teach them how they can manage their emotions. Number one. Number two, um, we have to teach them how they can accept others and how uh, to create a very cordial atmosphere, make more new friends in their schools and colleges, wherever they are. Uh, Third thing is um, to be resilient. Mm. You know, failures come in life. Uh, you know, you get fights, you get into some unpleasant situations, and how to snap out of it without hanging on to it in your mind and worrying about it. Going along with that, I think those are beautiful. Going along with that, I believe one of the biggest fears for people is the fear of rejection. Um, The fear of other people's opinions, and rejection. How does someone learn to be okay with others rejecting them, with nasty comments online, with people saying no to them over and over? How does someone learn to still love and appreciate themselves in the face of rejection? You need inner strength for that. That's where the journey within will help you a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You need inner strength to, to be able to be solid and Worry about what others say, not to be football of others' opinion. For that, you need that uh, inner strength. And it's, it's a gradual growth. You can't say it can happen right tomorrow after listening to our podcast. No. For that, they need to do a little bit of meditation, a little bit of wisdom, and all rest will be the journey with it. Yeah, for sure. But why do you think people hold on to the opinions of others so much? Why do we care so much about what? Because you don't have a bigger context about life. You don't see all the thoughts, all the opinions of people are changing, including your own. You had some opinion about somebody and then and it just changed very fast or, you know, in few days or in few months, right? Your opinions do change. So others, you must give others also the freedom to change their opinions. Mm-hmm. It's true. And we don't have to think their opinion is uh, is right is or... etched in stone and same all the time. It's just it's just a ripple in the 
on the surface of water. Yes. And you have no control over that. That's true. And the bigger context to your life, again, uh, and more being conscious of the, the, the different treasure of wealth that you have, uh, the beautiful qualities you possess as a human being will help you uh, yes. to overcome those things. Broadening your perspective about life. Is it? Is it? I've heard you talk about, you know, that we have so many thoughts every single day in our minds, right? Thought, thousands, millions of thoughts a day. What are the thoughts that we should be trying to focus on the most consistently when we have a negative thought? How can we replace it with something else? I feel you shouldn't fight with any thoughts. The more you resist, the more those thoughts will come to you. This is a skill in dealing with the thought, turning the negative into positive. That skill is what meditation is all about. And if you are stressed, however you struggle to get rid of negative thought, it is impossible for you to get rid of them. If you don't get rid of stress and try to only manage the thought, it is not going to work. Root cause of all this negativity is the stress. You get rid of stress and you will see naturally you will have only positive. Right. And if you start to heal, you'll start to get rid of the stress. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it possible to be happy and hurt at the same time? Have like a wound emotionally or psychologically or physically? Is it, happy to be, is it, is it possible to be happy at the same time that you're dealing with Maybe hurt. partially there could be some more. But you know, um, to be really totally happy, you have to get rid of the wound. The wound. And I don't see it as impossible. Right. I see it as very much possible. Even if they take a little bit of inner journey, make that inner journey, uh, meditate a little bit have a broader context to life and serve in society in whatever capacity they can. Yeah. What do you think people struggle with the most that you've seen over the last few months in society? Is it dealing see, with... post-post-pandemic, what I see is there is aggression on one side and depression on the other side. Mm. People are swinging between these two extremes. At the drop of a hat, people lose their temper and become so aggressive on one side. On the other side, there's depression and suicidal tendencies and feeling bad about themselves. This is also prevalent. And both, I feel, is not good for the health of a society, of an individual. So we need to get rid of these two extremities. Um, What's the root cause of aggression and depression? Again, uh, lack of robust mental health. And this is the talk of the town, no, everywhere <laughs> mental health, we talk about it. But we are not thinking about uh, remedies which are time-tested, like breathing, meditation, Stillness, yoga, and all these nature. things. Nature. Nature walk, and we are only thinking about oh, what type of medication we can stuff ourselves with and steroids that you take and then, you know, you blow to yourself even more. And I think we the, the lifestyle changes we need yeah. to adopt to ourselves. Yeah. Why are people so influenced on these things or on things that really don't matter about the journey within? Fancy things, superficial things, you know, more and more and more. Why are they? Why are people so focused on these things in life versus feeling peaceful and happy? See, nature of mind is to wanting something new. Mind always goes for something new, right? And fashion, and more. But the heart always longs for something old. You take pride in an old friend, not in a new friend. Right. And you take pride in having the latest uh, model of car or a computer or a watch, right? 
that that's the latest thing that the mind wants so life is like that life is a combination of old and new like the roots are old but the shoots come new right and we have to balance them and if you don't attend to the roots at all there is no life mm that's true how do you balance that in your life by having the mission that you're on and dealing with everything else that's happening life is already balanced you don't have to make struggle uh, make any you know attempt to balance it it's it's been like this for me right because <laughs> i want nothing for myself so what's that i want nothing for myself right so i'm here to give and whatever i have I yeah need. that's it we've all desensitized ourselves too much to to what pain feels like so do you think when we're <clears> going through an experience of pain or suffering or whatever we're going through depression that we should feel the feelings fully or how should we experience that time and how long should we be in that pain very before we're point. like you know what <clears throat> enough is enough let's very like get out of this crap and well, start thinking positively very and move good forward. point well once again there is that symbol of the 40 years in the desert the three days between the crucifixion and the resurrection mm-hmm. And I saw this, I've seen this in my life. The congressional campaign was a, was an example, but I've other times. And we all if you're honest, when you really take a look at yourself, this is the truth. Right. Let's say you you know that I went through something painful. And you say, "Hey, Marianne, I'm really sorry I heard about your divorce or yeah. I heard about your bankruptcy, whatever." And I'm like, "Thanks so much." And you say, "You know, let's go have a drink. Let's talk about it." And you're really there for me. But if 6 months later you see me again and I'm telling the story, Hmm. You're not going to be you're you're not going to naturally feel like oh let's go out and talk about it. No. You're going to actually be a little repelled. You can mm-hmm. feel it in your gut. That po- and other people can feel it too. That point where processing becomes milking it. Talking about it becomes spewing. Being a victim for too mm-hmm. long or whatever, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And other people can feel it too. Yeah. And when you're in that that holy tomb time, mm-hmm. as my friend would say, yeah. people have a natural, "Hey, I'm sorry, you know, heard about that." I'm here Conscious for you. people, and when somebody's it's become their calling card, their victim story, now you're you're doing too much. I know he hurt you, but you're bad mouthing him in public. No, that's yeah, not yeah. cool. You and that's how and also you know people talk about but at what point do you need medication because it's gone on too long mm-hmm. here we are everybody's talking about the wisdom of the body the genius of the body everybody's doing muscle testing because the body's so smart why don't we count tears as part of that if the body is so intelligent why are we assuming that it's not intelligent about how many tears you have to cry so if you have 44 when you say how long does it go on however long it has to go on mm-hmm. if you're conscious if you're meditating if you're working on forgiveness if you're doing your spiritual work that's a chapter on forgiveness there's a chapter mm-hmm. on relationships to do our work and then if you have 45 tears to cry 35 is not enough mm-hmm. and if you and if you do a pharmaceutical bypass or whatever you do to self medicate to to uh, to numb yourself to distract yourself it's in there i mean even talking about the campaign i can talk about it mm-hmm. i don't think i could talk about it if, you know because yeah. the only way to clear it is to move through it mm-hmm. in life and then there are lessons learned and hopefully ways that you can be a better person. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all, or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already 
already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What do you think uh, or how <coughs> long of time is the longest time you've held on to not forgiving someone else or yourself for something that's happened in your life? Um, the lawyer who threw me under the bus and cost me a lot of money. Um, I had a hard time with when that. When was one. this? Uh, around <laughs> 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh -huh. How long were you holding on to that? It was a hard one. Hmm. We're it talking hard years, one. we're talking months, years. we're talking years. Yeah, I was bitter. A decade? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Did yeah. you finally forgive? I f yeah, but you see, once you know spiritual principle spiritual principle certainly as it's articulated in something like the course in miracles <clears throat> says that you are 100 percent responsible for your experience mm -hmm. you and i might both go through the same experience but how we contextualize it will determine its ultimate effect mm -hmm. like i was saying at one of my lectures the other night that i see more marriages break up not because of infidelity but because of the other person's inability to forgive the infidelity Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Someone we're talking about, we had a great marriage for 25 years. He went out. He had an affair with a girl. They did it around four or five <clears throat> times. It's been two years. He wants to remain in the marriage. He's really sorry. I can't forgive him. Mm-hmm. 25 years. Yeah. I mean, so, right? And fortunately, she got that, and she saw that, too. Forgiveness means that you are at choice. What are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on the person's mistake or are you going to focus on anything they ever did right? Now, mm -hmm. to the extent, the way the mind operates, to the extent to which I'm focused on what you did to me, right. to that extent, I will be at the emotionally at the effect of what you did to me. Only if I'm willing to take the hook out of you will, I, will the hook be out of me. Mm. Now, in terms of that lawyer, I wrote a book called um, The Law of Divine Compensation. And that book is about the fact that whenever there's a diminishment on the material plane, the universal substance will compensate. It's like if there's a hole in the ocean, it doesn't matter how big the hole, it doesn't matter what the shape of the hole, the universe, the, the ocean will fill it up. Mm -hmm. So from hmm. a <clears throat> metaphysical perspective, the Course in Miracles says God has the answer to every problem the moment the problem occurs. So that money, I had earned that money. So that lawyer, by doing what he did, um, and I think it was... And many people go through this, and I think a lot of women go through this. You think the men in suits are the ones who are going to protect you, and the men in suits are the ones who, like, hello, awakening to that is one of the, not every, not all of them, but. <laughs> so, um, so from A Course in Miracles perspective, if the money was mine, if I had earned that money, the universe, it was already programmed, programmed into the universe for that mon money to come back. Mm -hmm. but miracles can only occur where there is love. So unforgiveness and withhold of forgiveness blocks the miracle, deflects the miracle. So mm. the bitterness in my personality was blocking the probability... For it to come back. Uh, for it to come back, to go on with your life, and mm -hmm. more than that will come back right. to you. Be in abundance. You are letting him, right, You the only real abundance is love. And so when you are in abundance of love, all the abundance that matches the frequency... Of, of your need and your ultimate desire for your good for yourself and all living things is already programmed. So your unforgiveness and your bitterness, as well as your own lack of atonement about your own mistakes, blocks the flow of the universe that would otherwise bring you all good. Mm. So what was happening in this however many <clears throat> years period of this lack of forgiveness for you? Were you 
being abundant or were other challenges coming up or did this? Well, yes, it was just one of, you know, many situations in my life, but it just came up for me because you asked Mm -hmm. what was the longest that you ever, you know, once you know spiritual principle, that doesn't mean you automatically become a, uh, an enlightened master and you never go to those places. (laughs) But when you go to them, you know that you went to them Mm -hmm. and, oh, I know what it was. It's interesting that you say that because I thought of something from before when I said I couldn't remember. The Buddha said that one of his Four Noble Truths is that nothing in the material world can provide anything but temporary happiness. So the entire social construct... Say it one more time. The things of the material world can provide only temporary happiness. Okay. Okay. So when you apply that to our culture, Hmm. you see that the whole thing is a setup for despair. (laughs) Because half the time we're struggling and grasping because our whole thing is you can make it, you can make it happen. Figure out what would make you happy. You can have that. You can make that dream come true. You can have that house. You can have that career. You can have that money. You can have that sex. You can have that relationship. So half the time we're in struggle and grasping, trying to make it happy because that's when we're going to be happy. Then you get there. And as Buddha said, it's only temporary. So inevitably, the fairy dust will rub off. The fairy dust is going to rub off the idol. And then the rest of your time, you're in despair over the fact that what you thought was going to make you happy didn't make you happy. Yeah, that was my whole childhood, essentially. Exactly. Until I was like 25. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I was always striving for something, achieving it, and being like, why am I miserable now? Yeah, well, I saw that in my mind the other day. I I got a call that my uh, book had reached the New York Times bestseller list. I was very happy. You're hearing it. Number five on the New York Times bestseller list. So for about five minutes, I was like, woo, right? Let's go have a drink. No, 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 no. Yes, exactly. The ego mind is insatiable. Maybe it's just a spike. Maybe I'm just going to be on for one week. And by the way, who's one through four? <laughs> right? <laughs> Why am I not and, number one? Right. And how are going to be? Uh, I've been and, number uh, one before. Be, Why not this right. time? I didn't quite go there, but I did go to, what if I'm off next week? And, and I just saw that's the, active, that's the way the ego mind works. It's mm. insatiable. It has no, mm. no, it, it has no capacity for enough. It has no capacity yeah. for, I'm happy because I'm alive. I'm happy because I can give love and I can receive love, which is the only source of happiness. Mm. So, Should we be ambitious then? Well, okay. Does the embryo have to be ambitious to become a baby? Does the embryo have to say, I will become a baby. I will become a baby. <laughs> Does an acorn have to say, I can strategize becoming an oak tree? Does the bud have to say, I know I can become a blossom if I work hard enough? Nature works through us all. Nature is intentional. Mm-hmm. Nature is intentional that your heart beat. It is intentional that your lungs breathe. It is intentional that the bud blossom. It is intentional. And so when you are in your self-actualized state, which is not trying to make it happen, but allowing it to happen, nature is ambitious through you because nature is intentional that all things rise to their highest level of creative possibility. Hmm. And our struggle mode tightens us. You, you can feel it in your body. It yeah. puts you in a... Huh. So how do you focus every single day on not being tight or struggling? Meditation. Is that a daily practice for you? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I'm a Course in Miracles student, so I do the workbook of the Course. I also do transcendental meditation, mm-hmm. although I'm not daily with that, like yeah. I am with the workbook of the Course. There are many different paths of meditation. <clears throat> uh, people doing yoga and meditation right. and prayer. A serious spiritual path, though, because a serious spiritual path, which is a path of relinquishing the thought system that dominates the world, the thought system of fear. And accepting instead a thought system based on love. So like I'm not an enlightened master. I'm not beyond going to those places. But it's like the whole thing about the bestseller list. I was able to laugh at myself mightily. I was able to guffaw at myself once I saw myself going there. And then you surrender it to God and say, take this false ambition away from me and this craziness that's only here to hurt me. What would you say are some non-negotiables for you every single day? It sounds like meditation is one. Are there a few other things you're like, I must do this every single day. Otherwise, I'm going to feel the effects of... Whatever. What's non-negotiable? Like I must get a certain amount of sleep, or I eat must a monitor way. myself, and I must not make excuses for myself. What excuses do you make or have? Well, to I had a right to be angry. Mm. I had a right to be angry. No, you, 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 you had, did this to me. Yeah, or, yeah. I, I have. Um, you know, we, we have a right to feel our feelings. You have a right. Of course, you have a right to feel whatever you feel. But maybe instead of saying I have a right to be angry, I have a right. I do. I take that back. I'm not saying that you don't have a right to be angry, but I never have a right to express it as an attack on another human being. That I think that... You mean to attack back? Yes. Gotcha. We are too emotionally self-indulgent. 
in our culture. We have this feeling, well, if I feel it, I have the right to say it. If I feel it, I have the right to do it. And this is a, is a form of self-sabotage. You know, your ego mind is your self-hatred masquerading as your self-love. You know, some of the most selfish, self-sabotaging things we do these days, we call self-care. Hmm. Setting a boundary. Well, there are healthy boundaries and there is self-care. But a lot of times the ego mind will use that to justify what 20 years ago we just could have called selfish jerk behavior. For example, what do you mean? Well, I need to tell you that what you just did absolutely did not work for me. Hmm. Well, that's not going to open your heart. <laughs> right. Do you know what? I might say, um, may I... I have something I'd like to discuss. Is this a good time for mm -hmm. you? I mean, there might be feedback. There might be, mm -hmm. but there is an appropriate way to talk about it. You know, sometimes these days we say, well, I communicated. I needed to communicate my truth. But the word communication has the word commune inside it. So if I didn't commune when I was communicating, I actually didn't communicate. Because if it was, if I talked to you in a way that felt like an attack to you rather than genuinely you're not communicating. Share, no, you're gonna. You're not gonna hear me. No, you're defensive, or right. you're regarded, or yeah. so. There's a line in the course where it says, "It is your job to tell your brother he is right, even when he is wrong." That doesn't mean tell him he didn't do something foolish when he did, but to affirm your basic value as a human being. Mm -hmm. And if you feel that from me, then within that space, you know, this is just plain, non, you know, nonviolent communication skill. So when you say what's non-negotiable for me, and I'm not, you know, I'm not an enlightened master. I don't get it right all the time. But what is, what I think I am pretty good at is, you know, like they, that, that line, tell the truth as soon as you know it. I think I'm pretty good at telling myself the truth as soon as I know it. Like, mm. wow, you really blew it just now. That was really dumb. Mm. Um, apologize, send an email. Um mm. Oh. Try to monitor yourself. You know, sure. the ego mind wants to monitor you or you. How did you right, two right, right. never wants to monitor ourselves? Mm -hmm. And are you pretty uh, active? <coughs> um, do you do yoga or some type of physical workout practice? Yeah. yeah? yeah. What's, what is it, yoga? Or? I do yoga, okay. and I have become uh, less uh, religious with my cardio recently. <laughs> and uh, I have made a commitment uh, that when I, I go home this week, I'm getting back to all that. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm 63 years old. What? And, no. And uh, wow. some stuff that's... That's impressive. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Some of the stuff that's cosmetic when you're younger becomes like, no, you have to do this. Wow. It's not even like just to look okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> right. gotcha. stay here. <laughs> sure, sure. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. What are you most grateful for in your life recently? My daughter. Yeah. I have a fantastic daughter. How old is she? 26. All right. Yeah. What are you most proud about with her? She's happy. She's contributive. She's achieved. She's well-adjusted. My only real regret in life is that I didn't have more kids. Mm. Yeah. Do you have children? No kids. Not yet. It's nothing like it. Really? Everything the, else pales in comparison. Actually. Mm. What's the <coughs> biggest lesson you learned about your life from having her? It's just how beautiful life is. You know, not everything else is, I mean, love is what matters. Yeah. You know, everything else is like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> you know, we, we have a society in which, and I talk about this in the book, people pay more attention to taking care of their car than taking care of their relationships. Yeah. You know, we, if you, you could buy a Bentley, you could buy a Rolls Royce, you, you, but you're going to take it off the, off the, the lot. You're still going to have to put gas in it. You're still going to have to maintain it. The fact that it, that's why it's high maintenance, because it's a great car. But we expect our relationships to just take care of themselves and not be such a problem. I have to do so much. No, that's kind of the point in relationships as well as everything else. You get what you put into it. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I'll say uh, at my lectures, I'll say, I don't want anybody to raise your hand or anything because I don't want to put you on a spot. But if you're in love or if you're married, did you pray for your partner's happiness this morning? Did you wake up this morning and before he or she left the house and said, just want to remind you, you are so fucking fantastic. And I so believe in you. And you are so hot. And you are so, did you, did you, you know, we always talk about how important it is that we build children's self-esteem. At what age do we stop needing that? And also, we talk about how it's important to tell your children to say their prayers. At what age does, do, should we stop doing that? Right? We're, we're so clear that children, you must build their self-esteem. Well, you could use the help too. And so could I. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And it's a full time, you know, monitoring your own life, your own mind, 
being vigilant on behalf of your own best self, downloading the best version of yourself, atoning for your own mistakes. You know, a lot of the pain that we feel when we um, go through difficult times in our lives is, you know, I messed up and if only I had done it different, etc. You can't numb yourself or distract yourself from that pain. In all the religious traditions, spiritual traditions, Catholicism, there's confession. Mm -hmm. In Judaism, the holiest day of the year is Yom Kippur, or Day of Atonement. In Alcoholics Anonymous, you have to take a fearless moral inventory. You have to admit the exact nature of your wrongs. You have to look at that. I blew it. I made a mistake. And atone, atone for that. It's a a spiritual, it's not self-will. It's you give this to God. I did this. I get it. And I atone for that error. It's like a cosmic reset button. Mm. And then the only way you can get your self-respect back is if you do something that would make you respect yourself. Mm. Like, I'm going to be different this time. I'm not going to be that way next time. I'm going to be a better person today. Yeah. And what I, I, if, you, if you really see as your life's purpose to actualize and be the best you can be and rise to the occasion in every situation, including your relationships, and to be really present. You don't have time for all that other caca and craziness and Mm -hmm. criticism and blame and victimization. If you filled your house with light, darkness can't come in. Mm. And are you, you're not married anymore, right? No. No? Are you in a relationship now? No, I'm not. Well, (laughs) 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 tougher question. (laughs) Okay. We'll leave it for after the interview. Um, who was the most influential person in your life growing up? My father. Why? My father. Why? My father was a magical character. Although, you know, as, I've, as life has gone on, I think my mother, I think I undervalued my mother in some way. Um, so I realize now that the answer is both my parents. Mm. But my father was a magical, charismatic person. Mm. You feel like we can, as human beings, find peace if we have pain, sadness, or darkness inside of us and we're always running away from it or numbing it? No, there's no way. I think you're just, it's, it's almost like you're being hunted, mm. you know, like you're, you're running, but like your emotions are hunting you. They're trying to like find you in some way or another to get you to acknowledge them and try to process them because how can you walk around with such a heavy load? And I mean, that was like the you know, fast forward a year later, like I stopped all the hard drugs, started changing my habits, started eating a little bit better, started exercising, started examining my relationships. And, you know, it was sad because I started noticing how shallow all of my relationships were. And, um, but when I started meditating and I was even more so had to practice being with my emotions, I went through that, you know, it was a silent 10 day meditation course. First one I had ever done and it was so difficult. I but can at imagine. The, but at the end of it, I felt like I felt like my mind had lost like a hundred pounds. Holy cow! You know, and I was like, "How do I like my mind feels better?" And even though like I barely finished this course, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it, that's when it showed me. I was like, "Oh, you can actually heal yourself," and that that's uh, I think the reason why I'm here now. Wow. What What do you think happens if we never process and acknowledge our emotions? I think repetition, it's a, you keep repeating, you keep sort of living through, going through the motion and you end up slowly just accumulating more and more density because you're just repeating the same reactive habit patterns over and over again. And we don't realize that every reaction, it creates an imprint on, on the mind and it predisposes the mind to, to react in the same way, to perceive in the same way. So you can just get denser and denser and denser. Yeah, and I think these reactions also cause our nervous system to then follow suit and react and be on more high alert, which causes chronic stress, chronic illness, and and disease in the body as well when our mind is not able to address the pains of the past and process it correctly. Um, So you get into meditation you do a 10-day silent meditation retreat, and then afterwards, are you all in two hours a day, or do you get away from it for a while, come back later? Yeah, it takes. Uh, it, take, it took me a while. It took me like two years to start meditating two hours a day, where I would just, I didn't understand what was happening in the meditation course. Like, I, I didn't quite understand why it was working, but I knew I felt better, right? Like, I was like, do my best to follow the instructions, the meditation instructions, and 
I so that was the July of 2012 was the first one, and when I realized that I felt better, I ended up signing up for another one two months later. A ten so, day one. Yeah, so I signed silent up. Silent ten day. Silent again. again wow. Yeah. His, and then the second one was September of uh, 2012. And I got the same result. I was like, shoot. I was like, I feel better again. You know, like I feel better. Like, dang it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this thing works. Oh, man. And it was tough. It was tough going back into it the second time because oh, I knew how, like, how hard it is. It's demanding. Yeah, it's really demanding. I mean, you're there. You're meditating like 10 plus hours a day. And um, you can't speak to anyone. You're not speaking to anyone. You know, if you have questions to the teachers, you can ask them questions, clarification and whatnot. But, um, but you're really there almost for, you know, for that 10-day period practicing living like a monk. Like you're not going to become a monk or anything like that, but you're, you know, it's, it's a monk-type life. Yeah. And it was, you know, grueling because you, you sort of, you get yourself away from all of the distractions. Like there's no phone, no email. No social no, media. No social media, no nothing. It's just you and yourself and this practice that's going to help you engage better with everything that arises. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this, assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. That's crazy. Okay, so that's 11 years ago when you did this, I guess, 10, 11 years ago when you start this. Yeah. And you were in a, a relationship with your yes. now wife um, before then, I guess for probably four or five years. Yeah, yeah. So we were together that. about six years before the first meditation course. And um, so that first six-year period, like we got together young, like she was 18 and I was 19. We met in college. Immediately there was a connection there. Like immediately we... we you know, became great friends, were hanging out alone all the time. And there was no like, you know, we, we were like friends first for a while. And I think in, after three months, we realized that there were feelings there and we got together, but there was just connection. And there was, there was just, there was probably zero emotional maturity between the two of us. We didn't know how to process our own emotions. We didn't know how to argue in a manner that would be productive we you know all we knew was blame was you know the the battle to win arguments really and really like i not you know now that i think about it it's really like it's dominance like if you want to win an argument right it's it's what, what are you trying to do it's it's don you want to dominate the narrative yeah and we would just it was a rough we were like in this tough hurricane for six years together and we'd you know, we'd break up, get back together, and, 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 but we never could really pull fully apart because, like, the connection was just so undeniable. So we kept trying to figure out, like, 
how can we do this better? And it wasn't until we started meditating that ever so slowly harmony started arising in our relationship. And now, I mean, we're in a far better, there's nothing, there's nothing perfect about the picture, right? But we're in a far better place because healing has happened inside of both of us as individuals. Self-awareness has developed, so there's less projection between us. And we've developed that calmness so that we can have patience when we have to like talk through, you know, more serious things. I mean, it sounds like you both had your, your own wounds or your own yeah. past pains or oh, whatever yeah. it might be. Um, when two people get together and they haven't healed their past, what typically happens from experience that you've seen over the last 10 years of couples you've met or stories you've heard? I mean, you just, you, so this is the thing that I find really often is like, whenever two people are in close proximity, whether they're in a relationship or not, an intimate relationship or not, they're, you literally have two egos. And these two egos, when they rub up against each other, sometimes there's going to be friction. Like egos are rough, right? It's almost like two rocks. You rub the right rocks <laughs> and there's going to be fire, right? So these egos, I think when we carry that past pain, they're dense, they're super rough. And when you do that healing work, you smooth out that roughness, you decrease that density that you're carrying so that you can have more self-awareness when points of friction happen because th- those are undeniable. You're not going to like heal yourself and then never more will you like have arguments or anything like that. That's unrealistic. But you can sort of maintain your inner harmony or try your best to while something difficult is happening. Yeah. I love that you kept using this word harmony because that's what I feel like I've been developing within me for the last few years Mm. in my healing journey at this stage of healing. Uh, Because I feel like healing is a journey and you're to keep healing forever. But this stage of healing, it's been the the word and the theme has always been harmony and developing it within me. And really not worrying what's happening around me. But as long as I create that within me, I'm going to have more peace in my external world. And when two people in relationship develop cultivate harmony cultivate a beautiful garden inside of them as opposed to you know a a desert or a rocky mountains inside of them it's easier to navigate challenges in life can i ask you so what does like harmony feel like for you peace peace Peace. nice like laying on a a calm beach and just hearing waves Mm -hmm. like gently grazing the sand that's so good calm I, you know, it's funny because I'm like, I'm thinking to myself when I was listening to you talk, like, what do, how do I perceive harmony? And it's clarity and peace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about this on page 154 of The Way Forward. When your self-love increases, you become far less willing to harm others. Why? Because real self-love slowly opens the door to unconditional love for all beings. And it sounds like, the more I'm talking to you about this, it sounds like when we have hurt or sadness about something in our life, whether it's a recent hurt or sadness or past that keeps coming up, we don't know how to fully love ourselves for the pain, the shame, or the feelings we have towards that memory. Yeah. And so we have guilt, sadness, anger, resentment, a lack of forgiveness of others, of ourselves. And therefore we harm self and probably others more frequently when we do that. Totally. But you said real again, when you when your self love increases, that's when you're more in harmony with yourself and less reactive to others is what it sounds like. Totally, totally. I really believe that. I think if you were literally to wonder like what is the missing piece? And we're talking about both words, like a piece in a puzzle and peace mm. in the earth. Like what's missing? It's self love. And I really genuinely believe and I've seen this process not only happen inside of me, but others and as that we're talking genuine self-love, like not commercial self-love, not like what are you buying yourself and all this stuff, not that. We're talking about how you engage with yourself in an accepting manner, right? The energy you put into your personal transformation, the the sort of the the willingness to engage with your own emotional history. That's what I really think is yes. genuine self-love. But once you're able to engage with yourself and activate those parts of self-love so that you can better know and heal yourself, then that sort of reactive pattern to lash out on others, to, you know, wish harm on others, all those things just decrease, they melt away 
And even for people you don't like, you know, you're just like, oh, I wish them the best. But I, mm. may they be over there, but I, I wish <laughs> yeah, them the best, you know? Exactly. And I think it's pretty across the board. I think yes. if as people really develop that quality and can just engage with their past better, I think they're, they're less likely to want to harm others. It's, it's so fascinating because there was definitely decades where I was extremely reactive mm-hmm. or combative or defensive or emotional, right? In certain moments, not all the time, but like when I was triggered, when the wound was triggered in me, I had this like, okay, I want to win. I want to be right. I want to defend. And I always felt like people just don't understand me. Yeah. People like don't get me. And I was like, why don't they understand me? Why I'm so angry or why I'm frustrated about these certain moments. Yeah. Now, after being on a healing journey, I can witness other people doing it and say, oh, wow, yeah, I remember that because that was me for a long time. Yeah, for sure. And have compassion for people, but also know that the only way I was able to have more calm and inner peace was doing the healing work. Yeah. That's the only way I was able to get there because I tried it from other ways, making money, being successful, having you know, attractive women around me, trying all the things that you think are going to bring you more peace. They didn't bring me peace. Yeah. Yeah. And it was until I did the inner work and I turned around and I faced the pain Yeah, as opposed, you know, the thing that was hunting me mm-hmm. and haunting me, I faced it and started to work with it Yeah, as opposed to run away from it. That's when over time it started to have more, you know, calming reactions. It's still not perfect, but it definitely improved over time. You know, you, your four life lessons in your book, you say the first one, build inner peace or fall to outer chaos. This is like the the missing piece yeah, yeah. in the world, but also yeah. the peace within you. Your life, number one life lesson of these four life lessons is build inner peace or fall to outer chaos. Second one you say is be flexible. Being flexible does not mean giving up. The third, appreciate the closest friends in your life. And the fourth, challenging times do not last forever. The only thing is, challenging times may last forever if you don't face them yeah yeah you know these painful memories will keep coming up haunting you yeah unless you face them and find a way to build inner peace yeah right no it's really true and i think um it's interesting because you can look at it from different perspectives where challenging times you know ultimately everything that arises ultimately passes away so something that may be difficult may disappear and then they may come back right mm. so in that sense it doesn't last forever but in the other sense that you're talking about it's totally true where there will be particular difficulties that you carry within you that will just keep popping up popping up they'll get triggered by a certain thing that your memory is like oh this again danger 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 and then you feel the reaction again um so these things have to be addressed yes and i love that you're pointing out too you know the fall to falling to outer chaos because yeah. that's something that i feel like I, you know, as people who care about personal transformation, people who really want to build peace within themselves, the challenge is, can you maintain your energy the way you want it to be? Because human beings, we are often in the system of like osmosis, where Mm -hmm. if I have a particular emotion, whether it's anger or joy, right, whatever it may be, I'll usually want uh, will want another person to join us in that emotion. Right. Right. So even it's like the bad I'm, ones. Yeah, exactly. Even the bad ones. So like if I'm angry, I'm like, please, please join me in my anger. And right, either right. by making you angry or by being like, let me tell you a story about this thing that happened that pissed me off. Please join me in also this being jerk, angry. This they yeah. did this. Yeah. Right. But the same thing with the lighter emotions, right? We want to partake in them. And those are beautiful. Like those happily, yeah, let me join you in your joy. Like let me be, yes. I would love to be happy for you. But when someone is inviting you to join them in their anger, whether by pissing you off or by telling you what pissed them off so you can be angry with them, I think those moments are where the real sort of like, this is a test, right? This is like, I don't need to join you in this anger. Actually, I'm okay. Like, I don't want that heaviness. I could even practice, like, especially if it's a dear loved one, I could even practice listening to you and seeing you, but also just maintaining my peace while I'm trying to see you. And it's really difficult, right? It's, it's not like a, you know, get 100% type test, but you can do your best to just keep your energy as it is, especially as you're moving through different environments, you know, moving out of the work environment to, you know, different, different situations that you're in. Because I think being able to manage your own energy, I think it's just a sign of mastery. It is a huge sign of mastery. And 
when you are in reaction mode, something else has power over you. Oh yeah. Something else oh, is yeah. more powerful than you are. Yeah. And it's when I learned that it pissed me off because mm-hmm. I felt like I was always in control. Mm-hmm. But when I was reacting or defensive or guarded or frustrated, I realized later I was like, man. I allowed that person, that that moment, that thing to have power over me to get into right. a negative state. Yeah. That's not fulfilling. That's not fun. Yeah. And so I had to learn how to deconstruct that right. and, and have more mastery over my emotions. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect and I still get frustrated and I still have moments yeah. of, you know, anger. But I'm aware I'm aware of it quicker and I'm like, yeah, yeah let's shift out of this. This isn't serving my vision. Yeah. It's not serving me. And you know, when you're in a group in a situation like that where maybe the whole group is getting upset by a particular situation, it, if if one person is able to put their head above the water and they're like, Oh, actually we're okay. You know, this is this right. sucks, but we're gonna be fine. Yeah. And then everyone kind of can, you know, gets gets another opportunity to kind of wake up a little bit and they're like, Oh yeah, we're good. Yeah. You know, we don't have to just roll in anger right now together because People don't quite get like you can be skillful without creating all this immense tension in your mind. Like you can still assess the situation and be like, oh, this situation needs my attention. I need to solve it without producing so much stress in the process. Mm-hmm. You talk about focusing on uh, four fundamentals that can massively change your life. I want to see if you can read. The, I've been reading sure. your book, but I want to see if you can read these four. Oh, so I, I wrote this one after finishing a 45-day meditation course. It was like the first thing I wrote. Um, Focusing on a few fundamentals can create a massive change in your life. Number one, make your healing, personal transformation, and well-being top priorities. Number two, refrain from harming yourself or others. Three, create mental space for gratitude. Four, be kind and generous to others. Yeah, this is, if everyone on the planet made these four things their top priority, the world would be a more harmonious, peaceful place. And it starts with making healing, personal transformation, and well-being your focus. Yeah. Because when we don't make it our focus, it's not present. It's not in us. And we become sick, we become sad, we become cynical, all these different things. And that doesn't create positivity in the world. It doesn't move things forward in a powerful way. Yeah. So making your healing, personal transformation, and, and well-being a top priority, it, that alone, most people aren't spending the time like you talked about to create mental space right. for that to happen. Yeah. They're not living in gratitude even for a moment throughout the day. They're not creating uh, 10 minutes to just think in peace without being on a distraction or a phone or right. a TV right. and really think about where can I invest my time in well-being and if people could spend one hour a day on just well-being whether it's calm mind whether it's meditation whether right, it's whatever. walking yeah. whether it's working out um, going to therapy one hour a day on their well-being it will drastically improve the quality of their life it totally does I've gotten so many messages from um, especially like uh mothers you know mothers who like have so many responsibilities and so many things they're doing and you know hearing stories about how they were inspired to just take like 10 15 20 minutes to themselves to just like do whatever it was that they needed to recalibrate Mm. right To, to whatever practice whatever tool they had to just like get back into a certain degree of balance and it's fun it's you know you know it's good for you but it's until you practice it until you do it until you see the results, you know, you see the payoff of the investment. And until you see the payoff of the investment, you're not like, then that, that's when you double down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened to me personally when, you know, I would go to these 10-day meditation courses, like I told you, like I was doing that for two years and I, I think I did four, uh, about five of those courses before I started meditating two hours a day. Wow. And I had seen, I'm like, this is, completely changing my mind. Like I'm not fully healed, not fully wise or anything like that. Um, I got the inspiration to start writing, but then I knew I was like, if I bring this into my everyday life, the, the, you know, the results would be even bigger. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.